Welcome to the SEG Church Daily Devo Podcast. Glad that you joined us. We're getting some of our questions, answering some of yours, and giving some of our thoughts. Hey everyone, Pastor Autumn here. Welcome to day eight of Send It. This week we are going to be focusing on sharing our faith. We are going to kick this week off learning about Jesus's command, not a request or a suggestion, a command that we Christians go and make more Christians. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Today's Devo is titled, Born to Reproduce. Did you know that the very first command God gives to mankind in the Bible is to reproduce? Adam and Eve, you're here. Welcome. Now go make more of you. Think about the newest baby in your family. When you look at their face, you can see glimpses of each of their parents or grandparents. They are the image of loved ones that have come before. This is what God did when he created mankind. He made us mirrors of his own image. We are walking reflections of him out in the world. And he told us to be fruitful, to produce more and more of his images in the world. In his sermon, Born to Reproduce, evangelist Dawson Trotman asserts that every Christian was born again with one primary spiritual objective, to spiritually multiply. Let's do a little thought experiment. There are roughly 7 billion people alive today. Not all of them are actively producing physical offspring. Why not? For one of three reasons. One, they have no union, spouse, or partner. Physical intimacy is required. Two, they have some physical limitation or impairment that prevents them. Or three, they're immature. A person cannot produce until they reach physical maturity. Jesus' words in Matthew 28 are an extension of his commands in Genesis. Believers are to go out into the world and make new Christians, new Christ ones. He has mandated, not suggested or requested, that we fill the world with his spiritual offspring. This is not an optional activity. Christians are to make new Christians. It is a natural result of being a disciple of Jesus. If you find a Christian who is not actively leading others to Christ, then the same three issues that prevent physical human reproduction must be in play in the spiritual sense. One, they either are not in an intimate relationship with the one whose image is to be reproduced, Jesus. Two, they are hampered or sickened by the sin to the point that they cannot multiply. Or three, they are too immature. Why did Christ's ones take over the ancient world? Even though some of Jesus' closest followers doubted, even at the very end, because each produced one was a reproducer, they placed themselves in closest relationship to Jesus, fought against sin wherever they found it in their lives, and didn't stay little and doubting. 
They became mature, healthy, and able to reproduce and nurture other young believers. Trotman ends his sermon with the statement, Soul winners are not soul winners because of what they know. It's because of whom they know and how much they long for others to know him. All right. Hey, welcome to week two. We are here with our teaching team again. We have Pastor Doyle and Pastor Cody and Matt and James. I don't know if you guys know, James is the Seal Beach pastor and he's also my brother. Um, not just my brother in Christ, my mm. biological brother. Um, and, uh, so it's like a and, family feud kind of thing right yes. now. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I'm Autumn. And so um, today we are going to be talking about, um, or this whole week we're going to be talking about sharing our faith. And as I was looking through the, the Devo for today, I was thinking about, you know, it's all about reproduction. Um, and we're having a little bit of a baby boom around here. And um, I wanted to start off with just a little question of a day. Um, have you guys have you guys held a newborn recently? Like have you what have you guys seen a newborn recently? Two years ago, <laughs> my daughter was born what on uh, two two twenty two. So yeah, uh, in the last uh, year, when, when do they become not a newborn anymore? Not when they're two. Yeah, I understand Before that. Before yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but there's a, like that that period of time where you're almost afraid to like hold them. Yeah. Like they're so tiny. Oh and yeah, little, I get it. I totally you know? get it. Yeah. So I was thinking about that with um, with human newborns. You think about that that there's like this special time period. But then I thought there's um, newborn Christians, and so yeah. if you guys could think about newborn Christians, what are the things that are like cause you to wonder and just be super excited? about a newborn Christian. I was wondering if you guys had a thought about that. Um, yeah. This is Cody, by the way. I th are we supposed to still introduce ourselves when we talk? That'd be great. Thanks. I don't think people know who you are, okay. so it's good. Um, that that's was good. Matt, who said he had a two-year-old. This yeah. is Cody, who is uh, related to Matt because he's married to my sister. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. Yeah. Uh, so I actually met with someone today who I think would be considered a new Christian. They started coming to church about a year ago, and I think have recently come to faith. And um, it's fun being able to talk to somebody because, one, they have so many questions. Um, they have questions that are about God and about church and about how to follow Jesus. And so it's really, really fun. Like one of the analogies that I've used over time is um, as you get older, Christmas becomes less and less exciting because you can buy all the things for yourself and kind of the, the magic of Christmas goes away. That is until you have kids. And then once you have kids, Christmas becomes really fun again. And so that's why I always encourage people to get around new believers if you've been in the faith for a long time is because you will see faith again through their eyes and it'll become really exciting. And especially as you get to walk through that with them. Yeah. Yeah. I also think kind of like if you think of Matt, a, this is Matt. Cody's brother-in-law. Thank you. Just uh, so you guys know, they're making fun of me because before <laughs> we all got in here, I That's said autumn. that you, That's need, yeah, That's you need to identify who you are. So if it's just the audio, people, the only people, the ones that people are going to recognize is me because I'm the only female. No, voice. Doyle. Doyle's got a Doyle. great voice. Oh, that's Say true. because. Say it. Because. There you go. That was Doyle. Yeah, everyone, everyone. That was Doyle. The reality is. Um, yeah, so there's something about newborns, right? Like uh, like Cody was talking about, there's there's a sense of like an excitement about us being around them. But um, there's also like I realized how quick my daughter was growing. Like she was uh, maybe not understanding words yet or like, you know, being articulate words when she was, you know, really, really young. But they grow so fast. And I think that's the same with a healthy believer. They're being engaged in the life of the church. They will grow so much within their first two or three 
one or two or three years in the community, like there's this huge growth pattern, right? That I think that they should expect, that we can expect from them um, as they apply God's word in their lives and enter into the community that God has for them. That's awesome. Okay, well, let's just dive into the discussion for today. So today's uh, Devo was about that Christians are supposed to be reproducing and that if you're a healthy Christian that's in relationship with Jesus and you're mature, you're going to be producing more Christians. Um, So what were you guys' thoughts on that? Did you guys have anything just generally you, you wanted to say? Well, I uh, also am on a little bit of cold medicine, so Matt, you're not the only mm. one with an excuse. Um, and uh, but I think in the room, I'm the one who could probably say this. One of my first thoughts is that reproduction is really fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me feel sort of uncomfortable yeah, yeah, like as your son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of Christians don't have much joy in their faith because they're not reproducing on any level. And, and whether it's evangelism, which is kind of the funnest, because you're kind of out on the edge, you're out over your skis, you're depending on the Holy Spirit, you're expecting God to guide you into things, you're not sure how you're going to maneuver through them, you, you know, you're scared there's going to be questions that you don't have the answers to, et cetera, et cetera, or they might be rejected. Or if it's reproducing your, it's yourself through your, your character, instilling your character in your children. And so for me, I think that's the funnest part of Christianity is being out there to see things happen that you can't make happen on your own. And, and so I think it, we need to change our mindset a little bit about how this happens and, and, and realize it's truly a privilege and fun, even as it's hard work. I don't know. James, I haven't heard from you yet. What do you think? Um... I don't know. I feel like I actually, as I read the devotional today, I was I brought in my wife and I said, "What do What do you think about this?" Because we've struggled with infertility uh, in our marriage, and so I was like, "What do you think about this?" And she goes, "Yeah, I think it's true. I think you know we can't have well, we have one kid, but we couldn't have any more because there was something wrong, and we just didn't know what was wrong, but there was something wrong, and I I think it's so I appreciate." the idea that we don't reproduce because of those three things. And I I think just thinking about what you were talking about, like immaturity and like how, but they mature so quickly. Um, My question is just like, so when does somebody become mature enough that they can start reproducing? I guess that would be my question. Hmm. Cody, Cody, so, I don't think I don't think it's you're you're there you're never too young to start sharing because I think about the story of the woman at the well. Um, she started sharing within an hour of her coming to know Jesus. Yeah, come see a man who yeah. told me all that I've ever and done. And so she, she maybe didn't have the language and didn't know the theology and all that, but um, she immediately started sharing, and that seems to be the case. With uh, I, I'm sure we could come up with other examples that as soon as people met Jesus, they started telling people about him. Yeah. So I'm not sure you can be Do you think there's a distinct, this is Autumn. Um, oh, thank you, Autumn, yeah. thank you. Uh, do you think there's a distinction between youth and immaturity? It seems like the Bible makes a distinction in, in some places. Well, there may be a yeah. distinction, but neither one of them prevent one from sharing one's faith. Some of my favorite testimony uh, experiences have come with brand new 
Christian believers, friends of mine, sharing with their friends and using swear words the whole time. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, you can't talk about Jesus and use that. But they were because they didn't they hadn't learned yet. Yeah. And they still had lots of people that they loved and cared about who were lost and language put aside. It was pretty effective. And, and so for me, I think Cody's right. And the minute you are born again, I've even had, this is uh, theological, I'll let the theologians in the room deal with this. I've even had non-Christian friends witness to non-Christian mm-hmm. friends, yeah. tell them they need to get to church because what they need is Jesus, mm-hmm. and which is kind of an amazing thing. And I think God could do that if, if he chooses to. I'm not sure it's our best strategy. But yeah, so I don't know. Think about that. Yeah. So. Go ahead, Matt. I just think like on the chart that you guys were talking about, right? Like justification would, is the theological term of being engrafted in, in, into God's family, right? And yet, yeah, nowhere on the sanctification chart, the second you are justified, like Romans 8 teaches us that if you confess your mouth that Jesus is the Lord, believe in your heart. Just FYI, is. Matt is referring to a chart that we put on a board one time in a meeting like three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. he yeah. remembers things. So just start calling him Rain Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with it, I'm cool with it. So like the, the idea, like once you are justified, you're on this side, you are saved, right? And then becomes the process of sanctification, which is the process of becoming like Christ, right? Um, I think anywhere, whether like they were saying, like you, you've just, woman at the well, uh, you're a junior high kid and just accepted Jesus Christ, or you're 16, you just accepted Christ. The second you have confessed your mouth to Jesus, Lord, believe in your heart that God had risen from the dead, it's fair game. You know, like once you've entered in a relationship with Jesus and you're passionate about it, I think that, yeah, the mission of your life should be to mature, but also to um, talk to other people about faith. Okay, can I make one clarification though? Because I was thinking about this is, um, or maybe maybe it's not a clarification, it's more looking at the details of how this works, is all of us are called to be a part of the process of producing more Christians. But I think some of us get to play different parts in that process. So what I mean by this is some of us plant the seeds and others get to harvest those seeds. Um, and some people, you know, but God waters it, right? And so, um, you know, maybe our roles don't look the same in the process of sharing our faith. Okay, I'm going to contradict you Good. because I think that I have used that as an excuse for my entire life. Um, and especially here at Seacoast, because I am sitting in a room with four guys who are evangelists. Like you guys are evangelists. James is a missionary. You know, like that is your role. And I have thought in my head, I'm I'm a discipler. Like that's my job. I'm the community life pastor here. I'm called to call people. You know, call people deeper deeper into relationship. And sweet evangelism makes me really uncomfortable, and right. sharing the gospel makes me super uncomfortable. So that's a pass for well, me. I get a hard that, pass on that and not do it. And I just I think that that's not what Jesus is calling. I think us you're to. misunderstanding the analogy because the harvest is is when they come to Christ. Hmm. And this planting of the seed is telling them about Jesus. And so you're not in the process anywhere, right? In that in that analogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've all got to be a part of the process because it's about planting and it's about harvesting. But if you say, well, I'm a discipler, that means you're doing neither of those things, right? right? If I just pass, give myself a pass. Because yeah. that was, well, for well, me, this was really convicting that I need to get into the process. I think the, I think the reference is more to who you are in that moment not who you are statically. Right. It's in that moment, what what part am I supposed to play? Mm-hmm. I'm just to help them. So I think I think my, one of the things I misunderstood growing up is I need to lead them from to A to Z, from heathen to, to saint. 
And I didn't get that chance. I got to help him be, you know, minus five on the on the heathen side instead of a minus six. You know, I only got a step or two, but I had to trust God with the rest of the process. But I needed to be faithful in whatever point. You talk about later in, in the things about who your neighbor is. I think it's critical. The person in front of you is your neighbor. And God doesn't need you to take them all the way. Your part is to play one step, two steps, three steps. Maybe somebody you get to lead all the way. It's rare. And so I think it's more about situational than it is personal, mm-hmm. personality-driven, maybe. And it's going to take some discernment. It's like, man, where, where are they at in the process? And like, okay, this is kind of a crude illustration. But you know in business, it's the ABCs, always be closing. It's not true when it comes to faith. You don't always get to, you, you get to be the person that initiates the conversation maybe, and that's the extent the of it, right? Um, but then you might be the person who goes, wow, that was crazy. I had one conversation with them and they came to Jesus. And it's like, yeah, because they've had 12 others before you <laughs> Planting seeds. that got them yeah, there, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. So you've got to figure out where you're at in that process and be a part of the process, most importantly. I feel like a large, uh, uh, I've worked with junior high kids for a decade. Very rare do you get a large percentage of them to cross the finish line and develop into having a meaningful relationship. But I just feel like a lot of student ministries, especially dealing with sixth graders, maybe fourth and fifth graders and things like that, is really just planting seeds that years later I hear stories of ex-students that I've had that they've come to Christ and that their life has been changed upside down and, and those things are meaningful. And so I hear what you're saying, but um, and for a large season in my life, I feel like it's actually just been planning, you know, like and hoping that God waters and I they think, grow. I think, it's, I think that's a key distinction that you made Cody, is it's all part of the the reaping process. Like we think of it as like, oh, if we're water, I mean, if we're uh, nurturing the plant, then we're actually, they've already become believers, but it's not, it's all part of that process. Mm. And I just think of like, you know, they say when you meet somebody that is um, not, has any Christian upbringing or doesn't know the gospel, it usually takes about 60 to 80 interactions, positive interactions with a Christian before they'll have a good conversation and be able to have where you can present the gospel to them. And it's like, so you don't know where you are. You might be the first ones. You might be just the, you know, one planting, or you might be the one that's watering along in that process. You're like, you happen to be number 80. It's like the, you know, and you just go, wow, I'm really good at this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's why even gifted evangelists that I know, they don't think they're good at it because it's a process. It's a process. And so you don't know how you've helped them in that process. You don't know, unless you get to be the person yeah. that gets to lead them to the Lord. But I think, so the, the point is, and we'll, you know, we're, we're probably gonna spend too much time, we got this all week to talk about, but the point is be somewhere in the process. Yeah. Be in the process. Preach, preach. All right, uh, that's it for today. We will talk some more about this tomorrow. So hope you guys have a great day. Okay. Now we're gonna turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this topic, our main resource for today is a sermon by Dawson Trotman that you can find on YouTube called Born to Reproduce. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Question one, what difference does it make that Jesus's words in Matthew 28 are a command, not a suggestion or a request? Question two, Are you reproducing spiritually? Is there anyone that you are investing in as a spiritual child or grandchild? Question three, if your answer to number two was a no or a weak yes, which of the three reasons for lack of reproduction would you say is at play in your life? Question four, what changes do you need to make to obey all that Jesus has commanded you to do?
Hey, thanks for joining us today. We hope that uh, you've learned something. Maybe you're inspired to something. You recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues. And so we're going to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're going to take some action. Change the way you're thinking. Involve yourself in something. Do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.